Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Honestly, I retired my mouth. Oh, wow. I had a lot on my plate the last two and a half years, so. He hasn't gotten a blowjob in two and a half years? It wasn't the first thing on my mind. Does Ray want the world to know that you have not slobbed the knob in two and a half years? Probably not. But I am a true proponent of if you not sucking his dick, Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. It's Thanksgiving week, y'all. And most of the time, a lot of the podcasters, the American podcasters, will take this time for themselves and celebrate being with their family or at least being off of work or, you know, just generally taking that time that they have and resetting and here I am with the first of four episodes (laughs) that are coming out this week I have three great guests one that you'll hear on this episode and two coming up later in the week so there's that um with that being said let's talk about things that I wanted to talk about now Recording a little bit later than I like to, but here's the thing. I kind of felt like I didn't have a whole lot to talk about, and yet Kim and Kanye have blessed me with something that I have found to be, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but we're going to find it in a minute. So today is the 10th anniversary of one of Kanye, Nay, Music in general's 
best albums, My Beautiful Dark, Twisted Fantasy. There's a great song called Lost in the World. And it had been, not rumored, I think it had been pretty much open that the song was, at the very least, inspired by Kim. Kim took to Twitter to say, Happy 10-year anniversary to Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy album. For those of you that don't know the story behind Lost in the World, Kanye couldn't come up with some of the lyrics, but then realized he had them in a poem that he had written me that was my birthday card he gave for me. No, excuse me. Kanye couldn't come up with some of the lyrics, but then realized that he had them in a poem he had written me. That was my birthday card he gave me for my 30th birthday. It's a really long and unnecessary sentence, Kim, but okay. He took the poem he wrote me and made the song. I keep everything. Music notes emoji. There's two pictures. And I just want you guys, you know, if you're at home or wherever, if you have the time and the ability to close your eyes, I want you to join me on this journey, okay? Take one deep breath. Imagine it's your 30th birthday. Imagine your betrothed comes to you and says, I got you a card. And it's a handmade card. Personally, editor's note, I think that was very cute. And I love that. There's clearly had to be some sort of thought that went into it. You open it and your lover <laughs> has written things on both sides. The right side and the left side once you open it. So on the right side, <laughs> at the top it says, Late is better than never! Exclamation point. Now you guys have to think about this if you've not heard the... Think of it as though you had not heard the song if you had heard it. It is a great song. But imagine getting this on your birthday. Okay. You're my devil. (laughs) You're my devil. You're my angel. You're my heaven. You're my hell. You're my now. You're my forever. You're my freedom. You're my jail. You're my lies, you're my truth, you're my war, you're my truce. You're my questions, you're my proof, you're my stress, and you're my masseuse. And you're my masseuse is all one word. (laughs) Then you look at the side, it says love forever easy. And I don't really know what this is. It looks like... Uh, the stay puffed person from uh from uh ghostbusters or some kind of doodle you know what it looks like the hamburger helper apron uh hand it looks like that um and then you look at the left side and it's an illustration and it says me and kimmy with uh three exclamation points And it's two stick figures, one with sunglasses. And in case you didn't know, it's pointing the arrow and it says sunglasses. And then there's also an arrow and it says bow tie. And then you see this big titty bitch right next to the other guy with the bow tie and the sunglasses. And it says, 
Birkin bag. B-E-R-K-I-N bag. And then it has a dash. And it says, little hands. And all caps and an exclamation point. There's an airplane that says G6 with what looks like Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poop coming out of it. And then water, a couple waves, and a boat. And it says yacht. Not yacht. Yacht. Y-A-U-G-H-T. And then this big titty bitch also has some heels, but he is denoted Louboutins. So basically looks at you as a naked woman with big tits, little hands, a big Birkin bag, and some high heels. Now you can open your eyes. Listen, I'm not married. I'm single. But if somebody gave this to me, I would say thank you. And then I would push the call button, the emergency button, and hop out of that G6, just fly right out of there. <laughs> there should be damned. I'm gone. <laughs> you can keep your Birkin bag. You didn't spell it correctly anyway. I don't want to be on this Y-A-U-G-H-T yacht. And I don't need the Louboutins. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. Just walk out real slowly. Facing him so, you know, there's nobody that can come get you on your back. Wow. (laughs) I... Imagine somebody starting off a birthday card with saying, you're my devil. And then continuing by saying, you're my jail. Now, you guys, great lyrics. Not something I want in a birthday card. (laughs) Am I wrong? Or am I wrong here? I, 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 (laughs) I, what what do y'all, what would you do with this? What do you do? What do you do? You're my masseuse, all one word. Oh my god. Okay. 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 I'm waffling on whether or not I'm overreacting to this, but I don't think I am. I don't think I am. All right. I gotta talk about something else. Let's move on. All right. So another thing that I wanted to talk about was this article that came out in Vanity Fair by a lady named Lysandra Orstrom. She used to be friends with Ivanka. They were friends from like middle school until Ivanka's wedding. She was one of the maids of honor. And it really talks about like what it was like to be her friend and to see her, uh, growth and evolve doesn't don't seem like the right terms but to uh, turn into basically MAGA royalty she spills all the tea she kind of talks about how you know like in middle school that Ivanka was part of this like the really popular girls who lived within a certain amount of blocks on the Upper East Side and but they were still kind of like doing 
cool quote-unquote things not like fully this isn't like a fully gossip girl situation they were a little bit alternative they would smoke weed at central park and do things like that but they began being friends because lissandra was sort of on the outskirts not really not that she was unpopular she was just like maybe second tier and now then they went on a trip they became great friends she they did photo shoots together in sassy magazine like this is a late 90s teen drama if i've ever heard one she really spills the tea she kind of starts off by saying that you know i worried about what to say how to address this if i should address this um, I went on to, you know, like I decided that now was the time and I don't want people to think that like, I'm trying to strike while the iron's hot now that he's, you know, her father hasn't been reelected, but you know, I really wanted to tell my story. One of the first excerpts that I took a shining to was talking about how, uh, fucking rude and mean Donald was. She's, says Mr. Trump always handed over the credit card after a little feigned outrage about how much money he was giving her mother. He would barely acknowledge me except to ask if Ivanka was the prettiest or the most popular girl in our grade. Before I learned that the Trumps have no sense of humor about themselves, I remember answering honestly that she was probably in the top five. Who's prettier than Ivanka? I recall him asking once with genuine confusion before correctly naming the two girls I'd had in mind. He described one as a young Cindy Crawford, while the other, he said, had a great figure. Though he never remembered my name, he seemed to have a photographic memory for changes in my body. I'll never forget the time Ivanka and I were having lunch with her brothers at Mar-a-Lago one day, and while Mr. Trump was saying hi, Don Jr. swiped a half a grilled cheese sandwich off my plate. Ivanka scolded him, but Mr. Trump chimed in, Don't worry, she doesn't need it. He's doing her a favor. Conversely, he'd usually congratulate congratulate me when he thought I lost weight. She then goes to talk about how it kind of seemed at first that Ivanka might sort of brand herself as having the polish that comes from being a wealthy woman, but branch off from the gaudy Trump brand and how she was surprised to find that she just fully dove into this MAGA shit. And then she mentions things like just very bad stories about Ivanka. She doesn't necessarily paint Ivanka in the best light. She doesn't really call her a very good friend. She doesn't really um, make an argument, honestly, for why they were friends and why they were friends for so long. This seems like this girl grew up rich. They were kind of on the same path. And then Lissandra went on to go into journalistic pursuits and and go to, I think she moved to Israel and was like writing about everything that was happening in there. And Ivanka just sort of went full Trump, basically. Uh, there was one uh, excerpt that says, as she's touted the achievements of... The Trump administration has made for middle class while, excuse me, 
I want to start over. <laughs> As she touted the achievements the Trump administration has made for the middle class while not so covertly pursuing a massive wealth transfer to corporate America, I've been reminded of a phone call we had in our mid-20s. Ivanka always solicited book suggestions for me, and I had recently recommended Empire Falls, Richard Russo's 2001 Pulitzer Prize winning novel about the life of a diner, manager, and a working class community in Maine. Why, why would you tell me to read a book about fucking poor people? I remember Ivanka saying, what part of you thinks I would be interested in this? <laughs> good grief. Good grief. Um, she then says, you know, in private, rougher, more Trumpian edges would occasionally poke out. Ivanka would regularly relay stories of teachers or observers who had commented that she had the most innate talent they'd ever seen for whatever new pursuit she was taking up. She never wore a Halloween costume that wasn't flattering, which means she usually showed up at costume parties looking beautiful and boring. She always stopped at McDonald's for cheeseburgers. She cursed. And of course, she had the Trump radar for status, money, and power, and her dad's instinct to throw unders other, under the bus to save herself. One of my earliest memories I have of Ivanka from before we were friends is when she blamed a fart on a classmate. Sometime later, she goaded me and a few other girls into flashing our breasts out the window of our classroom and what has since been labeled the flashing the hot dog man incident and Chapin lore. Ivanka had been, basically been the ringleader, but she pleaded her innocence to the headmistress and got off scot-free. The rest of us were suspended. So I mistakenly said earlier that Lysandra had moved to Israel, but she had actually moved to Beirut to cover the war against Israel. So it goes on to say, uh, you know, as I had my new reality, as it was rocked by a string of political assassinations and bombings and a decimating war with Israel, the gulf between us became increasingly apparent. During my two-year stint in Beirut, Ivanka regularly emailed me messages like, when are you getting your ass back to NYC? You're going to be replaced. I remember her being the only person I knew who didn't ask me what the war was like. By the time I did return home, she had started dating Jared Kushner, whose family was Orthodox Jewish, and my pro-Palestinian stance began to chafe. Since 2007, I've worn a necklace with my name written in Arabic, and Ivanka grew increasingly ir irritated by it. Sometimes she would randomly say, I hate that thing. Then, one night in the middle of a dinner, she glanced at the necklace and said, How does your Jewish boyfriend feel when you're having sex and that necklace hits him in the face? How can you wear that thing? It screams terrorist. <sighs> Why is this girl friends with her? <laughs> I don't think she ever really fully explained it, other than they were just both rich and this was like a consequence of their circles. Um, I would recommend that you guys read. I don't want to read this whole thing. It's quite lengthy, but... I thought it was very interesting. I, you know, really, really interesting. A good insight into, she did say something that I thought was like exactly what I had been thinking is what do we do with a post Trump presidency Ivanka? And what she said, it like gave me chills because that is exactly, she mapped out exactly what I thought Ivanka would do, which is basically that they would try, she and Jared would try to come back to Manhattan. They would find that they had no place there. They would move down to like West Palm, South Florida, and basically just cater to the people who they thought were going to support them despite the fact that they were probably not people that Ivanka would want to hang out with 
in real life. So yeah, Vanity Fair, check that out. And with that, I am going to, the next segment is going to be a recap of The Bachelorette from last week. And then I had the great pleasure to recap the latest episode of Real Housewives of Potomac with Taria Faison, host of the What Else is Going On podcast. So enjoy that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. Hey. Uh, awesome. Jason, can I talk to you? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to clear some things up with you. Jason's here for the wrong reasons. I called him out. Now, Jason's thought bubble above his head is oh. All right, y'all. Let's talk the last episode of The Bachelorette. I thought this was so. This was my shit. I'm really enjoying what I'm watching now. And I hope you guys know that I mean I'm like enjoying it ironically. Like, I don't enjoy it but I enjoy it. <laughs> it's the high of stupidity. The wow. Wow. I don't. Wow. Okay. First things first, if I have to hear the terms smoke show here for the right reasons or grown ass man, anytime within the next 90 days, I'm going to fucking lose it. I need a moratorium on three of those phrases Wow. It was like, were these contestants getting paid every time they said it? Like, was it like a watch what happens live drink every time you say that? Because I would be in the hospital. I would smell like hospital right now. Good God. So we start off the episode with this grown ass man competition. We're introduced to, well, I'm introduced to Ashley and like, is the emotion that I'm supposed to have f- fear? Because I was frightened of her. I don't know if that's how I was supposed to feel. Uh, she was trying to give uh, relatable, I think. But all I felt was scared. Now, I do sort of know who she is and her husband, I guess, because they're on the charts. I assume that they're very popular for talking about The Bachelor and probably were on the show at some point don't care don't need to say it they they had real bachelor universe energy and that's really all i needed to know at one point ashley open mouth sneezed as she was doing an interview and that was all the confirmation that i needed can you girl (laughs) i've been tested for everything I was like itching thank god I've had my MMR shot good lord open mouth sneezing ugh sick anyway um part of the grown ass man challenge is to like tie each other to these guys in sort of like a tug of war using your own body strength and the goal was to grab a bouquet of flowers. Okay. Um, Bennett. Who's, who are like the villains of the episode? Bennett, Ed, Chasen. Chasen's, I'm, I've been racking my brain since the show started of like, why 
I don't like Chasen's face. It makes me uncomfortable. Not in like an Ashley open mouth sneezing kind of way, but just something about it doesn't... It's like a uncanny valley. Like he seems human, but something beneath the surface is happening there. Some kind of software. You know, like Sophia the Robot... Kind of like that. And I think it's his mouth. <laughs> My friend said he had thick teeth. <laughs> um, but I think it's something about his mouth. I His lips appear to be the same color as his beard. Appear to be the same color as his face skin. And I don't know where the face ends and the lips begin. I think that's my issue. I'm going to work it out. If you guys have any thoughts or feelings on the matter, please tell me. Because a lot of you agreed. I'm just going to say that. Y'all can say that I'm being mean, but uh, several people, several people agreed, okay? Um, Bennett, we, like, once Tasha came into the fold as the new Bachelorette, we didn't really see much of Bennett like we did when Claire was around. And this was really his time to shine. And from, you know, the experience of a black woman who's been on dating apps, I refuse to be on them now. But years ago, Bennett gave me the energy. Here's what happens, y'all. It's when you're on Tinder and you swipe right on a guy who is of the Caucasian persuasion, and then you clearly know it's immediately evident that they have never been with a black woman before because they'll ask you, uh, you like white guys? You, letter, you like white guys? And I'm like, well, I, I swiped right on you, so feels like you don't have to ask the question because otherwise we wouldn't be speaking. You like white boys? White boys. That's, ugh, God. Bennett has, you like white boys energy. And he, I guess, is a Harvard graduate. They do these, like, after they do their feats of strength, they go into, like, a an intelligence portion. And Bennett is talking about, you know, I'm a Harvard grad. I should have this in the bag. Everything's so easy for me. And then they, you know, he can't spell limousine. He can't do simple math. He, you know, um, was trying to argue that the math wasn't told to him correctly so he couldn't calculate it right. But he did manage to make some red velvet beignets during the cooking portion. I did not see a deep fryer, but apparently he was able to do that in a robe. And see, this is, like, why I don't like watching the show. <laughs> There's a lot of suspension of belief here. I'm supposed to believe that this guy knows how to make a red velvet beignet. Absolutely not. Okay. Then, one guy, you know, here's what I, and it's enjoy the right word now, but I'm just going to say it because I'm rooting for Tasia. I don't think that any of these men are right for her, but I am rooting for her. She made out with damn near everybody. 
<laughs> and, you know, great. Very great, great. One guy said, the feeling that I feel right now is the thing that I was hoping to feel. And then did not elaborate on what that feeling was. There was no word that he used. Just the feeling that he felt was what he was hoping to feel. And then he smashed his mouth into Tasia's. I think the guy's name was Jason, but there's truly no way to know for sure. I'm, I'll never know. I'll never know. Okay, like I said, they said grown-ass man like 489 times. I gotta say, at one point, some guy got a baby doll. I think that was Ed. And that baby doll was doing a lot of work. For sure the MVP of the episode. I didn't understand, like, why did the baby not get the rose? Because, (laughs) let me tell you, if I had taken a look at how all those guys were behaving over the episode, I'd be like, listen... You, um, please don't have a baby when you're 15 baby doll that they give you in public schools. Like you're getting the first date rose and we're going to have a great time. Okay. You can meet me at my casita. We'll have a glass of champagne and things aren't going to get physical, but I think we're going to have a lot in common and we're going to have a lot to talk about. Certainly more than any of these dudes repeatedly calling each other grown ass men. So then... Ed has this thing. He pulls like the here for the right reasons card. Like I'm here for the right reasons. He is insistent that Chasen is not. Chasen with the lips is not here for the right reasons. That he's a completely different guy with when the cameras are around. He, again, no elaboration as to why, what Chasen's behavior is. But Chasen and Ed keep going back and forth, back and forth about you're not here for the right reasons. Yes, I am, bro. Chasen's excuse, his reason for being here for the right reasons is that Tasia's a smoke show. And yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's here. How how dare you say, bro, that I'm not here for the right reasons when Tasia's a smoke show, okay? So that's how you know I'm not lying, bro. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lord. Um, Jason, it, you know, it gets into this, like, don't, you know, like, tell, run to mommy and squeal. Ed tells Tasha that he doesn't think that Jason is here for the right reasons. And then Jason has to go talk to Tasha about it and tell her that he is here for the right reasons. And it's just like a complete back and forth. And, you know, they keep calling each other grown ass man. I'm a grown ass man. No, I'm a grown ass man. I'm a grown-ass man. No, here I am holding this baby. I'm the grown-ass man. At one point, Ed tells him something along the lines of, like, Chasen is shit-talking in a medium-sized shirt. And to Chasen's response, Chasen's response to that is, actually, it's a large. (laughs) And then Jason tells him to stop jibber-jabbering. What the Mr. T hell is going on? (laughs) What am I watching? Ed then says... You know, basically his reasoning for Chasen, I forgot, he did have a reason for Chasen being allegedly this fake bitch. And that is that, according to Ed, Chasen just says all of these, like, canned responses. He just says the same five things over and over. You're so beautiful. I'm so happy to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. Just, like, complete bullshit responses. Ed, at one point, says that Chasen talks like he's in a Zach Efron movie. (laughs) 
older than me. And I feel like he, I'm, I have, I was aged out of the Zac Efron era. Okay. So how does he know? You know, how does Ed know? You and you and your little doll baby go to Zac Efron movies? Is Zac Efron, like, maybe I'm fucked up and, like, I'm just, I don't have my finger on the pulse. Like, is Zac Efron a go-to reference for people? Like, is you're acting like a Zac Efron movie a thing? I don't think it is. Can't possibly be. Can't possibly be. (sighs) Anyway, these dudes are simping hard. And simping is a word that I just learned, like, last week, so I could be getting the terminology wrong, but... It seems like I'm using it right. It basically means that they're like really like being gross, right? Like like they're going so hard and trying to impress her and they're like, oh, I'm so in like sickly sweet into Tasha and just like a lot of pronouncements and like gushing toward her to, in order to win her. And it's like, oh, Tasha. Maybe that's why she keeps making out with all of them just to get them to shut up. And I think at one point she did just start kissing with a guy so he would stop talking. And that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Um, one of them wrote a poem and I think he started to cry. One of them had popsicles. There was at one point a flash of a recreation of the Eiffel Tower. What the hell? They didn't expand on that at all. So, Zach C, according to Twitter, is apparently, like, a top pick for Tasha. He is a tiny man. He's a guy who had been divorced already. He had been married young to his high school sweetheart. People seem to really like him. Again, with the mouth thing. <laughs> it feels like his mouth is too big for his head. Like, he has a very small head. And, like, he's not even a bad-looking dude. He is just very large. Some people look like they have, like, 40 to 48 teeth in their mouth. And I'm almost clocking Zach at, like, a 52. And you know what? Now I'm realizing that Zach is not the guy that I'm talking about. He's a different guy. He's the older guy. So now I have to scratch up. But there is a guy, you guys, who has a lot of teeth in his mouth. But it's not Zach. And listen, I feel like I made a promise to y'all that I'm not going to get too invested. I Sometimes I'm going to say the incorrect names. And that's not my fault. Like, it's not that I could be doing research and I'm not, which it is, but that's not the thing. It's also that, like, if they wanted me to be able to distinguish who these guys are, then they have to look different. So many of them look like cousins and it's just too much for me you know I'm not investing in these men she is none of them are smashing their lips against my mouth so I'm sorry sometimes things get confusing but welcome to my mind okay I'm sorry um Zach really (laughs) Tasha let Zach get away with something because she asked him, like, you're, I think he's also 36. You seem like a great guy. The inevitable question is, why are you single? And he was like, yeah, I know, I know that that's 
the question, the million dollar question, basically, like, and I just have to say, like, I really wasn't ready. And it wasn't until two days ago that I really wanted to get married. Zach, why did you sign up for the show? <laughs> what were you doing? What were you doing, girl? Not until you saw Tasha 48 hours ago, did you think that you wanted to get married? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everyone's business. Why did she let him get away with that? Because my first question would be, why the fuck did you sign up for the show? <laughs> Hello? Um, anyway, honestly, there was like an oil wrestling thing. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It was hot to me. I'm afflicted with the disease of being a heterosexual. So like, on occasion... And by that, I mean most times. I will find the most base, gross, heteronormative things attractive because that's just like part of my wiring and my makeup. I don't appreciate it. It's something that like, you know, it's like being dragged by a boat. Like, I don't want to be here. But here's the reality of the situation is she took a big old paintbrush kind of thing and was like, dunked it in a tank of oil and rubbed it all over their chest and I loved it I could have watched a whole hour of her doing that you know um some of those bodies were much better than I was expecting every single guy had an eight pack and you know a lot of those guys don't have 
8-pack vibes, like Ed. Did we all see Ed? This whole episode, I'm like, good God, this man is annoying. And he is very deceptive. Like, he seemed like, you know, maybe he had a softer body, and that's okay. That's not a problem, okay? Not a problem over here. But then he took that shirt off, and I'm like, well, damn. Excuse the hell out of me. Sorry, Ed. I was wrong. Okay. And I don't even really like an overly muscular guy. But I liked what I, you know, I was looking and I was liking. Okay. (sighs) Just thinking about all their bodies right now. Um, Where was I? (laughs) You guys, it's been a long pandemic. Okay. Okay. I'm doing the best I can. So... The big fight, they they pair up, like, two guys, and they're, like, doing some sort of, like, ultimate fighting UFC kind of thing. They pair up Ed and Chasen with each other, and then Ed is like, excuse me, Mr. Harrison, Mr. Chris, teacher, I can't fight Chasen because I have chronically dislocated shoulders, and I can't even throw a football, and I really just don't think I can fight. If that wasn't, like, me in the sixth grade being like, I don't want to do this mile. You know, like, every week in PE, we have to run a mile. And I'm like, mm, you know, can't, can't. I have, um, whatever it is that's going to make me get out of this, I can't. I have that, and I can't do it. So, so sorry. Happy to do just a lap as a, you know sign of gratitude to you for letting me get out of this but like I can't my tummy hurts you know my ovaries something like that um what happened so Mr. Chris is like hey because only half of the guys are fighting with each other and then the other guys are doing this sort of like west side story hanging on the side of this like fake chain link fence smashing their hands against the fence and being like, oh, warriors, oh, you know, sharks versus jets or whatever. And so Mr. Chris is like, hey, do any of you guys want to get in the ring? And out comes Mustache, I think his name is Noah, in his Levi's jeans while everybody else is wearing, you know, some sort of wrestling booty short. Tasha oils him down real quick, brush oil down, and he fights Jason. And I think Jason ends up winning, but you know who the real winner was? <laughs> me. You know? <laughs> Y'all feel me? Anyway, the guys all get together to like have drinks or, you know, pal around. I honestly don't know what they keep doing with these. Jason walks into the situation <laughs> with a wrestling belt because he won the tournament, like one of those big ass Hulk Hogan belts. And he does like a Mean Girls thing where, you know, that part of Mean Girls where they tear up the crown. Is that Mean Girls? Where they tear up the crown and they're like, oh, I'm going to give all the pieces to you guys. But then he puts the belt on the table and was like, you know what? I think we all won. Very after school special. Real, real after school special. Tasha, like I said, makes out with everybody. But none of these guys know how to kiss. And it's like, baby, is it worth it? Is it worth this? Ooh. 
Y'all know that episode of the of Sex and the City where <laughs> where um Charlotte's dating that guy was it Charlotte? Yeah. Charlotte was dating that guy named Brad and they called him bad because he was such a bad kisser and he just like you know, she said he, that he basically abused her face. And he like licked all around. There was a lot of like smashing lips together. And that's not I've been there before. And it's not fun. And and like the guy is trying to be, you know, aggressive, but like in a sexy way. And that's really a dance, you know? You really have to balance that. It's tough. And all of them failed. Anyway, let's end the episode. What happened? Tasha makes a mustache guy shave. And then he basically makes enemies with everybody because he keeps cutting in line and trying to steal moments with Tasha, much like Dale was doing with Claire. Remember when he had um, selective amnesia and got lost <laughs> leaving the bathroom and then ended up in Claire's casita? Kind of like that. He makes her shave his mustache for him and led to believe that this was supposed to be sexy but this is where my heterosexuality tapped out. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. So he ends up getting the date rose and the bros are mad. And that's where we left off. A cliffhanger, if you will. So let's move on <laughs> to the rest of the episode. I have the okay. pillow fetish. What's mm-hmm. that mean? I like the pillows around me, and okay. one in particular is my favorite pillow is on like my bed. Is it like a vibrating pillow? Yes. It you is. Make love? It it is. It's a vibrating pillow. It is. Okay. The port and the tarnation. I actually don't think that's gross. So you dry yes. hump your vibrating pillow? I don't dry hump it. it. What do you do to it? You lay the pillow there. And, and, and it's, it's no longer dry. It's like this. She said it's no longer dry. Can I get a shot for myself? Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to talk to the host of the What Else is Going On podcast, Tria Faison. We're talking about the latest episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. Hi. Hi, Kara. Hi, listeners. I'm just going to tell you, like I told Kara, I'm honored to be here, and I'm so excited. Fresh off of watching the episode, I am so ready and have a million thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I have been wanting to talk to you because you are like CSI Potomac. (laughs) Your mind works is like you you have those receipts from past seasons. You're weaving stories together, and you know you have all of these reasonings. Like I'm not capable of doing that. I'm tell y'all right now. You guys know I'm a dumb bitch. Like so, I appreciate all the work that you do and how your mind works to set a framework as to where everybody is coming from, why this is okay or not okay, because I come from a place, I come from one place, and then I see things that you tweet and stuff, and I'm like, damn, she's right. She's absolutely right. So I'm very excited to talk about this. I think episode had a lot of, like, you can maybe feel one way, but then once you look into the history and who's done who for what and what's happened in the past I think it it can really change your mind on a dime yes and I wanted to speak to um something that happened last week that I wanted to um it didn't necessarily come up this week but I wanted to uh remind 
everyone because I was doing, look, I was doing research. Kara, I don't know why my mind works this way. I wish it worked this way for like better budgeting skills or anything else. <laughs> and it goes to like this. But do you remember last week when Robin was looking at the pictures for her hat line with Giselle and in the... In her confessional, she said, like, Karen doesn't like raised. She was like, Karen doesn't like raised dick or something like that. She said, uh-huh. okay, so, and she said, Karen said it at a dinner that they mm-hmm. were at, but it wasn't on camera. I e- immediately remembered season three, Candace's first season. Remember when they all went to France and when they got in the car after, I don't know if it was after the wine tasting, Karen was talking about making a wine and Ashley was like making fun of her. Like, you got to have money first. You got to have capital. And they started arguing and Ashley was like, you're the one that says you don't like race crusty old penis. And I was wondering, (gasps) is that the same? Were they all at that dinner that just was not on camera, but they can't say it wasn't on camera or whatever. Oh, that's a good point. That was such a great conversation in that car because they really went back and forth on each yes. other. Like, <laughs> that was like PhD level shade back and forth to each other. Like your husband, no, your husband. Right. My marriage is an institution. No, it's not. It was. <laughs> you know, I'm. I literally am going to go back and watch that season. I just that season was just so fun to me. Like it right. seemed like the cast had hit like a dynamic that it was petty, but not like almost like kind of dark-ish where it is now. Not that the season's dark, but that was just like so much fun, petty shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were comfortable going there because their roots weren't that deep with each other. The relationships weren't that strong. So, right. you know, you can't quite go there now because you know too much and there's too right. much history, but Yeah. There's something to be said about that early days shade. It really that, is. Uh-huh. That was just so off the cut, co- like literally off the top of their heads. You know, it they was- weren't writing reads. <laughs> right. It was nothing for them. Just pure off the cuff. Incredible. <laughs> you truly can't write stuff like that. Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. Um, so let's talk about the episode. So where we left off last week is where we find ourselves in the beginning where Ashley is telling Giselle and Robin that she did the statement for Monique. Yes. I, uh, (laughs) I just found myself like so disgusted with Ashley because she does things like this episode that are several of my pet peeves where she says like, you know, Robin and Giselle are like, okay, why would you do the statement for Monique? It really comes off like you're trying to make Candace look bad, not like you're trying to help Monique out. Right. And why didn't she, like, write a statement about what a great mom Monique is, what a great wife, what a great friend Monique is? Right. Because there are definitely ways to go about that, and she went left. Yes. So Ashley aggravated the hell out of me. She says, you know... If that's how Candace chooses to interpret that making me ugh, me making a statement, then like that's on her. And I, no, oh. it's not. no, it's not. <laughs> Kara, I was so upset about that. I think you know, like when you have a person like Candace, right? And we all know she can be reckless with her mouth, but you get that back and forth. So it's almost like 
if you have an aggression that you want to get out towards a person and it's not getting physical, but you're just going back and forth, you almost could feel like, yeah, that's right. I got the last word in. And like, for me, I like to talk through things when I'm angry. So if I was going back and forth with a person like Candace, who was just as amped almost, however, the conversation ended, I still would feel like I made them just as upset. And I know it sounds petty, but like I got like just as much as they made me upset, I made them upset the same way. With Ashley, I was getting so mad because in my mind, I'm like, you know that what they're saying is 1000% true, Mm -hmm. but there's some type of chip that she has that makes her capable of still saying something like really calm. If Candace chooses to think, that's the way I'm saying it. And she's the type that, when you argue back, you know that she, everybody could see that she's a thousand percent wrong, but you would be the one that might flip or flip the table because she's sitting there almost like taunting you like, yeah, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm still going to say it in this tone and it's going to make you look like the crazy one. And I wanted to jump through the TV. I was so mad. I was so mad, girl. I, it's, it's manipulation and it's gaslighting. Like I, there's no way that Ashley doesn't know right. that that was up. And there's just no, there's no possible way. And it gives me like shades of how she approaches her relationship with Michael. Every time he touches somebody, you know, oh. it always goes back to, you know, like, well, she gets very diplomatic about the whole thing. Yes. And she gets very like politician and, very calm and very like PR coached responses to situations. And it, it's just like, I, ugh, it just is very icky to me. Mm-hmm. I like it. And honestly, like if anybody ever told me, like, if that's how you choose to interpret, like <laughs> putting you right then and there where I'm not going to say anything, Kara? I will you on the side of your Kara, I told Corey, we were literally getting dressed and I was watching the scene and I'm going, I was, I stopped it. And I was like, I said, see, this is why I couldn't be on that type of show. Because I'm telling you, if she had said that to me, I don't think Kara, I would have been able to hold myself back. No. From like, and then I told Corey, I would have said, now you have something to write something about. There you go. I just gave it to you. (laughs) Right, exactly. Ugh. I Before just, I, my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Ugh. So then Ashley says that she purposely decided to wait yeah. until the last night at the dominatrix party to say it. So I can just get my back, my ass back to DC, which <laughs> confirms the fact that you knew that this was going to go left. You knew she was not going to react well to it. You knew what you were doing. You waited until the last possible minute. And then you were just like, well, I'll I'll just go home. No big deal. Right. And Kiki with me this whole four days. And we're going to, you know, be drinking ponchas and and twerking (laughs) with each other and giggling and teehee. And I'm going to post pictures, you know, take pictures for you for the gram. And then the very last minute. You're going to tell me you did some shicey shit like that. Like, that's three times as wrong. Yes. And I feel like there's such a buildup. Like, I would have, have you ever been around someone where you, like, 
okay, so maybe you got into an argument with a friend and you were like, oh my God, they just get on my nerves, whether it was to your significant other or another mutual friend, not you weren't, maybe you weren't blasting them on social media, but you know, you might be like, man, they get on my nerves. I can't believe they did this. And then when you got around them, you guys ended up having such a good time. And you're like, dag, I kind of feel bad for getting angry at them for whatever. Like, I don't see how Ashley didn't have that feeling. Like, man, I feel bad. Candace is wanting to build a friendship or we're all just having fun. Maybe I was wrong to talk about that isolated incident. Like, how does she not feel any type of way about it at all. Uh, It's it's astonishing to me the way she's able to compartmentalize situations. I wonder sometimes she compartmentalized so much, like has that become a way of life? Like there was a couple times when she went to see, like before the trip, I know we're going back, but when she went to see her counselor, I almost was like, I I understood those feelings that you get as a mom when you um, are not feeling sexy as a new mom or any woman, honestly. You know, we have the way our hormones can go. We all may feel that way one time or another. So I got that from being, as being a woman. But I almost felt like, is she serious? Because I didn't get like emotion from her. I just got fact from her. Like, this is the way I'm feeling. And that's what it is. The thing that in the past ticked me off to that, or not ticked me, you know, alerted me to that is when she was talking to the girls about like, oh, you know, same thing. I was not feeling so sexy. I felt like my body was for Dean and I wasn't feeling like that sexual of a woman. And, you know, it's basically putting the blame on herself for Michael cheating. And Robin stopped her and was like, don't do that to yourself because I did that when I was having babies. Right. Blame yourself. And she is like, okay. You know, like, (laughs) there was no reaction to it. Like, she just couldn't go there in her mind of like, like, maybe I should take this in. Right. Do you feel, I feel like the only time that I felt like I've gotten, like, emotion, like, from the depths of her soul was when she was looking at that picture of Dean. Like, not saying she didn't feel those things about other times, but I feel like the most emotion, like, you know, like when you get sad and, or, or when you're comforting a girlfriend, like you can feel their pain. I only felt that when she was looking at the picture of Dean, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's the only time that I really felt like she's, yes, yeah, she may feel this way, but it's just, yep, I feel this way and I'm compartmentalizing, I'm putting them in a box and moving on. Yep, totally. Completely. And that has to be something in her childhood or something growing up that has made her be like, just keep calm and carry on. Yes. And keep a smile on your face. Get on that stage, girl, and pageant wave. And pageant, Kara, oh my God, I just, yes. You have such a way about putting things. That's why I love listening to your podcast. I'm so glad to be talking to you because, yes, keep calm, carry on, get on that stage, and pageant wave. Yes, that's amazing. But do you think, I I, I mean, I'm... Whenever I think of Ashley, I think of when Jennifer, when Jennifer Aniston and, and Brad Pitt first were separating and immediately he does that photo shoot with Angelina Jolie and they have like all the blonde kids running around them. Like they did that photo shoot like they were a married couple and it was so soon after the breakup. And I remember Jennifer Aniston being interviewed saying he's missing a sensitivity chip. And I mm-hmm. feel like that with Ashley. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the only reason, like, if she had it, there's no way in hell she would remain married to Michael. Nothing. I understand he's a millionaire, a multimillionaire, whatever, but, like, it's not worth it. (laughs) Right. 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 He cannot be bringing that much to the table. You're stuck there living in that dark penthouse. Right. Like, it ain't worth it. Nope, it is not. And and you've, listen, you're, she's at the point where she wouldn't have to go back and live at home or live on the street. You're on a show, which this then would become a part of your story. So you would make money. Yeah. She would be completely fine financially. She could still take care of her mom. Yep. It, she'd be chilling. And she'd yep. still be getting coin from Michael. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you don't have I to thought- be with him. At all. Like you've, you've secured the bag already. Honey. And then I thought even after she had um, baby Dean, I was like, okay, boom. But then when she got pregnant with the second one, I'm like, again, that sensitivity chip is missing. Like I will put up, like if she's playing the long game, I love when Monty says, I told you she's playing the long game. Like if she's playing that, like you have to have absolutely no sensitivity and can't let things get to you because like you said if she did she wouldn't be with michael and also she would see just how bad her actions truly affect candace because i could have gotten into a situation like that with someone but know that what i'm about to do is really getting ready to up the ante and like no taria you can't do (laughs) you can't go to that level or Mm -hmm. because you're never going to have a relationship so right yeah she she definitely is yeah it's just it's Oh, and she just makes me, she makes me the type of mad where putting hands on is not enough. Like I still, like a child, I want to have, I want to stop my feet, scream like, what don't you get? Like she makes me viscerally react. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We don't often see the friends of on the show because the cast is so strong, but I would be curious to know, like, does Ashley have friends, girlfriends? Right. Long-lasting girlfriend relationships, like, it, or you know, does she kind of give that up to be with Michael, and she's just alone there again in that dark penthouse? Right, like the princess in the palace or something. Wow. Okay. I would really that, like. Carrie, you're gonna make me dig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know. So they all go to a natural spring. Candace, somebody's like, "Why don't you sing for you know?" Show- <laughs> your remix to your song and she's like no no I couldn't okay let's this water bottle out I'm ready (laughs) I was like Candace don't fall for the bait no (laughs) oh that was so funny so then Ashley and Karen go separate Ashley goes to the bathroom and then she comes back and then she's helping Karen with pictures and Giselle takes this moment to go up to Candace (gasps) and be like so how do you feel about Ashley do you trust her I wouldn't. How do you feel about Karen? Are you guys okay? <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> Giselle. Wait, trying. She's Kara, so awesome. Yes, wait a minute, Kara. When she said, she like, I'm like, well, if we didn't know before, she literally kind of like outed herself a little bit. She goes, yeah, what's going on with you and Ka- with Karen? I couldn't really get, I couldn't really tell. Like, so you're actively looking to see like what is going on with these <laughs> Like, are you getting production notes? (laughs) So it's like, let's move the story along. This is what you're going to have to do. These are your tasks for the today. 
As soon as you get a free moment with Candace, ask her how it's going. And she needs a like, I'm on it. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, 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 she does. She needs to be like, yeah. Well, it was funny because I started looking when they played the joke on Wendy last week. And when they're leaving the door, they're like, is the producer there in with her? And then when they watch the cam, I'm like, I can totally see that being all Giselle producing the show. Right. <laughs> Giselle could be the next Mona Scott. <laughs> if you really put her mind to it, she could make this happen. <laughs> oh, my God, Kara. You be- <laughs> Giselle, if you're listening, you better listen to Kara. And right? get on that. <laughs> I want every Who Productions <laughs> happening 2021. I need it. <laughs> that is a Kara. Every that's amazing. I love that. Every <laughs> Who Productions. Oh Lord. Oh gosh. So what happens after that? Candace basically says, you know, I that she thinks that Karen's trying to make what Monique did okay. Like she's mm-hmm. trying to justify Monique's behavior. And that she doesn't full, feel the full weight of Karen's support. How do you feel about this? Because I feel... <sighs> it's hard for... Like, I'm trying to say it now, speak in the present, because I saw that preview for right. episode where I'm like, I can't be on Team Karen because that's Jaisi. But in yeah. this moment and leading up to this episode, I was feeling like Karen was being mature. And like, I've been in situations where I've had two good friends where one hurt the other one. And I chose to remain friends with both of them. But you let the girl know who messed up that she messed up and that you don't like it. And that what they did was not okay. And that it was hurtful and it was wrong. But the other hand, I love you. You let the other person know, the person who was wrong, say, I'm going to maintain a relationship with this person, but I need you to know that I don't condone what they did, but I still am going to be their friend. Right. I think that's hard. And I want to like roll my eyes at Candace and be like, girl, get over it. But like, I get it. I understand she was wronged and she wants 100% support from everybody. Right. For everybody to stump Monique. And I get that. But that's not life. So No, it's not. And see, but see, I, okay, so this is how I feel. With the way you just said it, you ver- you validated the person that get it, was getting hurt. Like, yes, you were wrong. Not only am I telling you, I mean, yes, the other person was wrong. Not only am I telling you that, I've already told them they're wrong. However, I need you to understand that I'm going to maintain it. Friendship, and then you told the person that was wrong, listen, you were wrong, period. So I feel like you, that's establishing boundaries right there. And I'm pretty sure you're not letting each person talk about the other person to you. I was, I was trying, I've been trying to think about Karen's position, position since the beginning. And at first I was like, no, she can't be on both. And then I thought, you know what, she can. And when she had everyone come, when Monique asked, could she have everyone over? Karen said, yes. I like how she extended that offer to Candace. Like if you want to have everyone over. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Look, I'm getting so excited. My throat's like trying, <laughs> trying to close up. I'm like, no. So I thought, okay, Karen is remaining neutral. Then I started thinking and just going back in, on the internet, looking at old episodes, old pictures. So remember that, what we talked about earlier when 
Ashley and Karen, I mean, yes, when Ashley and Karen got into that fight in France in the car, everyone was laughing, even Monique. And Candace knew, stepped in to defend Karen. And Mm -hmm. it seems like she's always like kind of like had Karen's back. Then I started thinking, okay, Miss Dorothy had a birthday party. You have people, your actual friends, like in life, go to your mother's birthday party off the show. Monique was there. Karen was there. And then she had Karen speak at her uh, one-year anniversary. So I started thinking, Candace often says she's close to Karen. Like she was the closest to Karen. And I do, I don't think she was close to um, Robin. I don't think she was close to Giselle. As a matter of fact, I I kind of like feel for Candace. Like Giselle and Robin, as much as I like, th- this is going to sound weird guys, but as much as I like them, but I can still say some of the things they do, I don't agree with. Like it's, you know, especially if rumors were involved. However, I feel like feel bad for Candace because they, they are saying that Monique putting her hands on you is wrong, but they're saying it in a way that you would say anybody putting their hands on anybody in that situation is wrong. Like, I don't think it's that they care so much for Candace. It's because it's Monique. Yeah. So I feel like she wouldn't even be looking for she wants them to say Monique is wrong, but I feel like she's really looking at it from support from Karen because she actually genuinely was good friends with Karen. So, yeah. and I just started thinking that honestly this past week and then watching it today uh, when Karen was saying, well, I talked to Monique and I know things you don't know. And just the hurt, I really felt that hurt was real on Candace's face. Cause here she finds out what Ashley did. And then she also, Karen is like, well, I'm, talking to Monique. And when when Karen went and met with Monique and told her about the girl's trip, if you notice, Karen was like, you know, my friendship with Candace is fractured. I feel like if you're remaining neutral, I wouldn't say that to the other party because that was perfect timing for Monique to jump on and say, well, you know, that happened with us. Just be careful, like planting seeds. So I feel like Karen either should have really taken no sides and been did exactly what you did in that situation. Hey, you were wrong. I'm letting you know I don't condone it, but I love you. And basically, we're not going to talk about it. And then you tell the other person, yes, you were wrong. I told them they were wrong, but I'm still friends. I feel like Karen, the middle that she's playing could get almost dangerous because I don't feel like she should be telling Candace, oh, well, I know things that you don't know. Like, that's not the middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? So I feel like she could have been there. The friendship that apparently Candace and Karen had off camera that Monique and Karen didn't even have. If that's true, then I do feel like she could be more supportive to Candace. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And I know that was a long way of saying that, but I was trying to like give examples. And in my mind is like, like remembering different things, but I don't know. Like, how did you feel seeing like Candace, like, I felt like her pain, I know I'm jumping ahead, but was, we know she cries all the time, but I felt like she really, really, really was upset hearing the news from Ashley and then hearing Karen even talk about it. Well, yeah, because she cried. She didn't even have a napkin ready. Right, <laughs> right, right. She let those tears roll right down her face. Right. And I feel like Karen, Candace has been trying to get to a point of trying to accept that Karen's uh, support because remember when they did the photo shoot for the hats 
And Wendy said, how are you feeling about Karen? And part of me wonders, did Wendy think she was going to spark that and spark Candace getting upset because she knew she was getting ready to get into it with Karen so she would kind of have an ally? But Candace said she's been supportive to me. Yeah. So, you know, I, I go back and forth, like how you say. But then looking at next week, I was pissed off when I saw the coming attractions. Same. Same, same, same. I, oof. That was, that was just, yeah. Well, we, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like Candace has done, she's had a lot of growth. I would say that, like, in past seasons, she's been probably the least mature. Yeah. But you nobody's going to be able to look back at this season and say that she didn't apologize to Monique multiple times leading up to this fight, that fight that she hasn't tried to just smooth things over, apologize nicely. She apologized to Ashley. She, you know, she has been more mature than she's ever been. And I, there's probably a level of frustration of being like, damn, now I'm actually (laughs) crying and look at my life. It's worse than ever. Like people are treating me worse than ever. Like what's, you know? Well, Kara, you know, she was because when when Robin said that's a character flaw about the Twitter and and she goes, thanks Robin. Let's just like, (laughs) 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 like that. Yes. Oh my God. I know that we're not talking. Well, it kind of was in this episode, but Kara, because I love to hear you break things down. I forget who I was talking to. And we were talking about you saying how much we love you. And I said, Kara, oh, Monty. I said, Kara, her voice, because people who listen know that I love voices. I said, your voice makes me feel so good. I don't know if I want to lay in your lap and you brush my hair or listen to you recap like an episode because your voice is so good. But how did how did you feel about the whole like Robin is definitely stepping up, but the hat thing like I went kind of both like I was going back and forth. like Oh, God, like this is kind of mean girl, but I I don't know. I don't. It's like, am I going to sit here and listen to Robin say that her hats are chic and that. (laughs) level of like fashion happening no the hat prints are like any you can find that hat in any beauty supply (laughs) and it's no shade but it's like are we gonna act like karen is somehow diluting your brand like girl right and (laughs) And I write like like she's making it. Um, Robin couldn't even get the words out. And and would Giselle say like, oh, she's not young and fresh or whatever? Like, give me a break. Though the um, I heard somebody say that they would she would want Karen to be in that uh, shot wearing that floral hat because Karen's age group is gonna flock to the website. Like her supporters and and her age group. It's going to flock to her website <laughs> to get the floral hat, which goes with a blazer, like what Karen had on. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm literally on her website right now just to tell, and I'm looking at it because I think Ono oh Bravo had went on 
like a week or so before uh, last week, maybe to see, and they weren't on there, but probably she probably couldn't release them. I'm thinking, or didn't want to until this episode. I'm literally looking and I see Ashley, which hers is sold out. Wendy sold out. Giselle sold out. Candace, the leopard sold out. And then she has a group picture of all of them. That must've been before they slithered out. Um, so <laughs> Karen is literally the only one whose picture is not on there. I didn't think the pictures were so bad. Like there had to have been more than they had to have taken more than two pictures of Karen. Right. Right. Even if she had done the one of her and Karen, I thought that came out really good. The one yeah. where her and Karen, like I thought out of all of those hats, you can't find not one. So you just, decide to use the Katie Ross lookalike where Karen could have been like <laughs> yeah I thought that was silly but you know go go girl Give right you look <laughs> go ahead with your embezzled I mean embellished hands. right <laughs> right uh, so after the uh after they go to the natural spring they all go to dinner did you hear Ashley say I need to put some panties on. My legs are chafing. Yes. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was cracking up. I did hear that. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, girl. Get them panties on and throw some Vaseline. Right. So they can slip and slide off each other. <laughs> so we see all them getting ready. We get Karen in the uh, lobby in her Chanel dress. She's being a thought for Ray in public. Showing all the goods. She keeps saying, like, you know, we need to start up our intimacy again. Yeah. Hasn't really been working. We used to be feathers and handcuffs, and now that feather is dried and the handcuffs it's rusty. rusty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also think it's funny that the ladies are all under like Karen's ulcer watch. Yes. He orders a drink. They're like, oh, okay, is your ulcer okay now? You don't want some milk? And it's also <laughs> like you guys want her to say something. <laughs> right. I don't understand why this is so important to them. Like, yeah, she got too drunk. She said too much. Okay, yeah, she's clearly probably lying about this ulcer. But just let her, just let her lie. It's okay. Like, what harm is it to you? Like, why did Giselle need to say, like, look up? Oh my God! Glass of champagne could kill you if you have an ulcer, and you know, like, why do you need feel the need to like? This is a Giselle that I don't like. Yes, yes. Like, too far, and it's not funny anymore. Yeah, it's like it's enough already. Like, we get it. You don't have to keep trolling. Karen is embarrassed about it enough already, and I wish. I, it would have been funnier or whatever if Giselle had a said in that moment, Karen, you know you're not drinking wine because you might have said some things. Like, she could have even did that before. We get it, Karen. We get it. Drink your milk. And then left it alone. But right. it's like you're shading her in every confessional. But then during the times when she's doing it, it's like that passive aggressive, you know. It's like, really? So right. I'm glad Karen ordered the, uh, the champagne just to shut them up. Just to shut him up, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, she's not going to die. Brittany from <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, remember, she was, I can't not drink, go to Vegas. <laughs> like, <so. laughs> and she has a baby. So clearly, yeah. 
working out for her. So so then they start talking about how their men get grumpy when they're out of town. They don't want to talk on the phone. Robin's like, have y'all sent any nude pictures? Just me? No, okay. So then, <laughs> says that she's never sent a sexy picture before ever. So they're like, oh, girl, pop a titty down. We're going to pull this blanket up and you can take some pictures for Chris. Here's my thing <laughs> I'm all for interracial relationships. Everybody do what they want. You know, there are several white men in my portfolio. Who am I to judge? <laughs> But I'll be damned if I let a white man call my body a chocolate anything, Hershey Kiss, nothing. I don't, please don't. Please Kara, don't. <laughs> I was so there when she said he calls these Hershey's Kisses. I'm like, they can't be Tina and Tony, Romy and Michelle. Like, like <laughs> none of that, like, you know, melons, cantaloupe, like, when she said chocolate, it's. I'm so glad you said this because sometimes I think, okay, wait, am I the only one having this immediate reaction? Because I didn't think it was cute. I just was like, ugh, again, chocolate, black. She's black. So that's where he got that from. Right. Like, I get it. Yeah. No, thank you. Like, is this, <laughs> wait, is that in retribution for brown dick, Chris? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Ugh. Ugh. It just gives me out. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I used to date before being married. I was in, uh, you know, in, in my, I like how you said in your portfolio, I too had, you know, <laughs> white men and never have they ever called me chocolate anything. Never. Never. That is, yeah, I, I kind of didn't like that. Not, not kind of. I'm so glad you brought that up because my reaction was like, Ugh, I don't like that. I don't, oof, oof. So, a word to the wives, you guys. Please don't, don't <laughs> chocolate anybody. Don't yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we don't like it. Thank you. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, so then they have the ladies go on a sidecar trip up to this poncha bar. Um, I loved it. I, that was like, damn, I wish I could be there. Me too. I, yep. I could be anywhere outside of this country, but that's not allowed really. But <laughs> the sidecar trips looked like a lot of fun. Going up to that bar looked like a lot of fun. Robin reveals, you know, the embezzled website is up. She <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and Karen take her hat and be like, thank you, next. And then just drop the hat. <laughs> so that fun. Kara, that was another moment. I'm so I'm literally was in the bathroom, washing my face, getting dressed, watching the episode, getting excited about recording this. I stopped and I walked. I said, "You have to." I walked literally and told Corey, "Oh my God, you're not gonna believe what happened because that was priceless." Her holding onto that hat and dro- <laughs> dro- <laughs> dropping it. Next, those are the Karen moments I like when she shades the people that are shading. Her back, you know what I mean? Like, right? She's so funny. Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah. But when they were like, "Where's Karen?" <laughs> I, was like, I was hoping that the the week before was a setup and that she had Karen maybe on a different page or something. And that's when I was going back and forth because I was listening to somebody and they were like, "Well, 
she knows her business. So if it's your business, you take that seriously. But it's like, okay, if she really thought every single picture was bad, then she couldn't have said, Karen, uh, I want it more for you for whatever reason, the lighting or whatever. To me, that was still would have been a bogus, bogus excuse. Karen would have figured it out. She couldn't have just used the side profile of Karen. Like the side profile pic showing off the side of the hat, like nothing. I just felt so weird, even though Karen laughed it off. That's still like a mean girl type thing. Right. Everybody at this table is included except for you. Like, I I probably wouldn't have even announced the website had gone live. Like Me neither. I, what, what was the point? You know, so then everybody has to look. Everybody realizes she's not there. You have to have this awkward conversation in front of everybody about why she's not there. And you're clearly like fumbling to try to come up with an excuse for it. Like, don't even say you just you didn't even have to say that your website had gone live. Right. It's like Karen took her time to come to your shoot um, in, in her blazer. Wear that cap when she could have been with, you know, the black Bill Gates. And here she is, you know, or working on that, you know, wig line that's coming out. You know, she she took her time to help you, Robin. Great. Yeah, that that was crazy. Speaking of the wig line, Karen announced <laughs> later. And Giselle again, like, had to shade her. And I thought this was so stupid. Like, Me you're too. just grabbing bras here. Yeah. Like, why is Giselle being like, oh, it's always something with her. Like, oh, here we have spraying the perfume all over the country. And now you're coming up with a wig line. Like, what's next? It's like, okay, it's two businesses in the five years or however long she's been on the show. That's not a big deal. And I'm thinking about um, Dr. Jackie from Married to Medicine. Yes. Season, we're having fit as the new. Yes. Movie. <laughs> Here's. You know, some other scheme and everybody's <laughs> fat shaming people. And Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I got I to suffer through some sort of new exercise plan that you've given me. But Karen's done a perfume and the yes. wigs. Not the wigs. And I, the wigs look nice. Like, I, I don't see the problem with having two businesses. What no. do you have? Exactly. Every Hue Beauty is no more because your factory or your distributor shut down due to Corona. So it's like, how are you talking about Karen? And like you said, it, it, it was like she was grasping for straws. It didn't make any sense when I think of somebody, just like how you mentioned Dr. Jackie. Yes. And now that I know you, well, I know you, you bringing up Married to Medicine. I feel like I want to go recap old episodes. So be on standby because I will be asking <laughs> you to come on. Because, <laughs> But um, her fat shaming, definitely. And then think about Cynthia. Remember she had the canvas book bag? Sheree right. said she still never got her book bag. Um, I was listening. I listened to Bitch Sesh and Casey and Danielle said they still haven't got their sunglasses. The sun they, or, yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah. So it's like... Uh, at least Karen is making moves. And I feel like Karen is doing stuff that, like, she's making it relevant to her, like, wig shift party. Like, she's literally laughing at herself, which one can appreciate. Like, you know what? She had a wig shift, and she's getting ready to make money off of that wig shift. Like, Candy and her dungeon. You know what I mean? Making money off of that. So I, I congratulate. And I like how Karen said, what'd she say? I don't promise I execute or something like that. I was like, you go, Karen. Right. She says, you know, I've been working on this line since LaDarm launched. And I'm going to have product out 
next week. I'm going to have a whole party ready. We're not right. in, we're out of the discovery phase. And you'll see the product. Okay. And Karen maybe learned from the perfume because remember when she had the, the reveal of the bottle, but it still wasn't out for a while. Now <laughs> she's ready to go. <laughs> and she had it in the little thing. Now she's ready to go. And yeah, what is next, Karen? That's smart if Karen comes out with something, what's next? Like, Giselle, maybe you should have had a what's next and not just depended on every hue. Right. Mm. Yeah, she was grasping. She, it's it's, And I just don't understand. Like, there is a nastiness that's coming, like, between what? the two of them that wasn't there before. Not at all. And it, it's happening now, in real time, offline, in yes. the season. Yes. I just need to know, like, are we going to find out during the season? Are we going to find out during the reunion? Because it's got to be more than Candace versus Monique. Yes. Well, with uh, with Karen and Giselle being the one sitting next to Andy, I didn't think their drama was that big for them to be sitting next to Andy at the reunion. I was like, wait, so are we now just sweeping the fight under the rug at the reunion? I would have sworn it was going to be Ashley and not Ashley, Candace and Monique next yeah. to Andy at the reunion. So it's like, it's, it's, it's gotten out of hand. I did hear Giselle again, guys, Kara said my, the way my brain works. Um, I also have another issue. I listen to a million podcasts and I love them all. So, but I heard Giselle say on a podcast, she hasn't talked to Karen since taping stopped. Cause they were like, um, Word on the street is that you and Karen don't speak anymore. And she said, I don't know where y'all get that from. I just haven't spoken to Karen since the season wrap. And I'm like, well, you know what they're saying. You're trying to do a play on words. But she said she hasn't talked to Karen. So I think the reunion was the first time they talked since rapping. And they rapped, what, in 2019? Right. Yep. So. Yeah. Last time they talked. That's... Okay. Okay, girl. And you're like. <laughs> Small is perfect. So I guess. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, she FaceTimed. Nobody couldn't hear her because she was on that on, on the sidecar, you know. So he just told her, um, he gave what do you say? You he couldn't hear her, but I guess he told her that she looked cute in her hat with that. <laughs> um, what do you think about <sighs> <laughs> Kara, oh, when you do that, I get scared because when or I get excited. You, when you do that on a podcast, I'm like, it's coming, something's coming. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Jamal and Giselle? Like, okay, because I, I heard just yesterday that the congregation over at New Birth doesn't really care for Giselle. Uh, they wouldn't be the first congregation. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I feel like. Living in Maryland, I didn't know, like when, when we first moved to Maryland, I didn't know anything about him. But like my family member had her, family members heard about him and were like, oh my God, you go to his church, whatever. That's so, you know, that's cool. We didn't know anything about it because if we did, we probably wouldn't have ended up there. But we went there. But what I would hear from people that knew him was he wants Giselle back. That's what, and even when he was dating, remember when he was dating, uh, Tweet the singer from Oops, There Goes My Shirt Up Over yeah. My Head. Okay. So did you see him? He used to have a talk show with other preachers. It was called The Preachers. And 
they all introduced their wives and he introduced Tweet and said, this is my first lady and my last lady. Right. Yes. So I'm like, huh. But yet people said that he wants Giselle back. But I've always heard people say that. And I did hear people say that they were still friends. And a producer on Real Housewives of Potomac said that whenever Giselle was dating somebody on the show, in between, she would be like, talk, texting Jamal. And he felt like that Jamal was measuring every man, that she was measuring every man up to Jamal and that Giselle needs, Giselle is a lot and she needs somebody that can handle her. So he alluded to the fact that I guess maybe Giselle, I don't know. When people say that about women, like, so are you saying that what? She can't boss him around. You know what I mean? Like right. when they say that kind of stuff. I felt a one one of two minds. I was like, when I saw they were back together, I was like, wow, okay, cool. They said that he's always wanted her back. I think that's great. Then when I start, I even had a conversation with my husband and was like, you know, are they angling to get their own show? Because Giselle knew that she became the belle of Bravo, basically. Everyone was talking about how beautiful she was and everybody just loved Giselle, Giselle, Giselle. Maybe she's angling for her own show because he's been in reality TV before too. So Mm -hmm. maybe this is all for TV. And then there is a picture on his Instagram, like before the show aired and it in February and either her shirt line, either her shirt says the storyline and his says the plot or vice versa. Right. I'm like, are they trolling us? So I was first, I thought it was real. And then honestly, I was like, Maybe it is for the show, but the only reason, the only thing, the only thing, Kara, that stops me from thinking that it's not for the show is how could any half decent parent do that to their kids? Like, are your kids in on it? Did you tell them to act like they're so disgusted at the thought of y'all being together? Like, how could any decent parent put their kids through a fake relationship. So that is the only spot that I'm torn in believing whether it's real or not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Grace and Angel and Adore seem very anti. Yes. Their dad. (laughs) And very pro. And that's very telling to me. Mm -hmm. Because I just can't imagine any kids who even if she says, you know, they don't remember us being married, that they still wouldn't at least be kind of excited right. about the prospect of their parents getting back together. Like that, I've never seen that in my life. Me neither. <laughs> like, Me neither. Like, at all, like not even excited even a little bit. But then I started thinking, is it because I will say like when he would have them at church, like he had them all the time with him mm-hmm. at church and they appear very, very close to him. So I was thinking, is it one of those things where I want to be the only person because I'm not used to seeing my dad with anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they were with tweet, but that didn't even seem like it lasted that long, but were they used to being the light of their dad's life? So they were, even though it was their mom, not jealous, but just didn't want to see him with anyone else. Or like, I just, I just can't understand. They're, they're so blatant, like like you said, like disgust is pretty much what it was. Yeah, not having it at all. It doesn't make sense to me. That conversation that Giselle had when she was taking him to the airport and he was like, oh, say what you want to say. Like, I'm on the same page. Ugh, please. Yeah. 
And he was like, I was waiting for you. No, like. <laughs> I don't like that. And I've never seen him preach, but I don't get it. And I understand that, like, some people, when they get on stage, they're completely different than who they are in real life. But, like, he just gives me nothing. Is, is I, he charming? I will say, Kara, if you had heard it, <clears throat> he is, he's, uh, one thing I got, I got two things away from like out of that church he he would always talk about being politically active like he would say a good preacher should have a bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other that was the first time I went to a church that encouraged being involved in your community knowing what's going on so I got that the sure. other thing he would motivate you if, if you heard a speech from him and I hate to say speech and not sermon but if you heard a a speech from him you would be inspired to want to get up and do something okay. like um, whether it's for your community, black women. And I, I used to think that independently. Right. But then this is so funny. So I'm in this face group, Facebook group. That's pretty big. And of course, you know, they all hated, you know, Jamal and because he had spoken out on LGBTQ before, but I remember being in his church and then him having like LGBTQ, uh, pastors and uh bisexual pastors come and tell their stories and asking questions and things like that so but people really hated him and this group has like 20 some thousand members and they were like we hate him we hate him we hate him well recently he spoke in dc at a rally and i forget what it was i should know that just happened but somebody posted part of his speech and all of these comments started coming in like wow i hated him but he spoke up for LGBTQ, you know, he spoke up for rights. So it was a turnaround on what they thought about him just based on the speaking. So for the speaking part, if you ever heard, heard him speak, I think you would feel differently in terms of the speaking, not in terms of how he lives his life, because that was our conflict. We were going to leave the church. Right. Like we talked, we talked about it because it was like, we know no one's perfect. None of us are, whether you believe in God, Buddha, whatever, we, we, it's, it's a lifestyle. And yes, we all, none of us are ever going to be perfect. I feel like you're only perfect when you're dead because you can't do nothing else. So, right. but we were conflicted and we were going to leave because it's like, how can you be so blatant with your alternate lifestyle? You know what I mean? Like you're preaching one thing, but you're totally doing something else. Right. Uh, but then we ended up staying, but then he ended up leaving and nope, giving us no notice, but like a week, Hey, by the way, I'm going to this church. Bye. Like, <laughs> Okay. And he did he did that because he his parishioners had stayed with him for like years from what I'm told. But it was constantly hearing, here's another scandal, here's another accusation. And they right. stayed with him through all the ones that were proven to be true. And then there was one that came up that was like literally false. Like this lady was like, she lived on the 19th floor and he um, was climbing up the building, like to look in her window. So clearly like that wasn't right. But that was, an, that was enough for a lot of them. They were like, your name is out there too much. We're done. Right. So his congregation wasn't as big as it used to be. So again, the long way to say, if you hear him speak on something, it, it's hard because I, I almost wish he was just a motivational speaker and not a pastor because a motivational speaker, you can get motivation from somebody that is still out there being grimy. You know what I mean? But when you're a pastor, it's like, I'm supposed to take something from you. Right. 
you know? So, and I, that was my mindset towards when we were going to leave. I couldn't hear anything he had to say because I was just like, look at you living a raggedy lifestyle. But right. now <laughs> if I hear him, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take, almost like take that meat and throw away the bones. I'm going to send you something and just see what you think. Yeah, please, please do. <laughs> please do. But I get um, where you're coming from. Like, I, I'm sorry to cut, but like I was a member and was like, you know what, we need to be done because this is a mess, but you know. Oh, well, 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 well. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that clip that you showed me. Okay, okay. <laughs> the pressure, Kara, the pressure. <laughs> Uh, so this is a point where Robin is like, okay, you're having this wig party. Are you going to be inviting Monique? Oh my gosh. And Karen's like, absolutely not. I don't think it's good to put Candace and Monique together. I don't want them to be around each other right now. So like, okay, good. We'll put a pin in that this week. Okay. (laughs) Yes, we will. Like that pin is getting ready to pop care. I'm like bursting at the (laughs) scene. Based on the previews that they showed for next week, I had to go back. I'm like, I need to go back and see. Wait, because when Karen was saying, you know, I didn't say that. I'm like, okay, did she? Like, I need to. And I just watched it. I'm like, she she said it. Okay. She very specifically said it and explained why. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So then the girls get ready for the dominatrix party. Ashley's saying, you know, she's starting to feel herself in her body, like, you know, like she used to be feeling very sexy and that kind of went away, but she's, you know, looking in the mirror and, you know, kind of feeling herself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to roast her for looking like a Twizzler, even though she did. Kara, but... what, what in the dominatrix? <laughs> I was like, maybe she's putting on those pants because she's feeling sexy, but she doesn't want to walk down the hotel hallway like right. that. When she kept them on, I was like, you look no kinds of sexy, but I will admit on your podcast, Kara, the everyone's business, but my podcast, I will say when she was dancing on Robin, that looked a little real. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) That's a little sexy right there. Like, whoa. (laughs) Uh, yeah, there was definitely some chemistry between. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so what do we see? We see Karen. She shows up. She's got a little <laughs> fur on her left shoulder. And and Robin tells her she looks like Cruella DeVille. And Karen's like, okay, well, you look like a whore in the street, but I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and when everyone's like, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of stuff aggravated to you? Yes. When because the way she came out and just you look like a whore on the street, but I wasn't gonna say nothing. And did you notice she kept rolling her eyes? Like I felt like she seemed very aggravated, like something was bothering her other than Robin. But part of me feels like is she so her outbursts with Robin, if you notice, are very aggressive. Even Mm -hmm. before the whole not being on the hat thing. I mean, not being on the website. And I wonder if when this show first started, first season, she was the grand dame of Potomac. Remember when Giselle was like, she was like, oh, I thought you were going to get back together with Jamal. And um, she was like, no, uh, Jamal would want love me to be his pound cake. And Karen goes, what a saying, you like that or something. I Mm -hmm. feel like Karen thought she was going to be, because her and Giselle 
seem like they went back, but then watching that episode back, I'm like, how far did they go back? I feel like she thought it may be her at the top and then Giselle right underneath. So like her and Giselle running it. And now it's Giselle and Robin. And I feel like Karen feels like maybe she doesn't have any allies or anybody to be close to on the show. So that amplifies her disdain for Giselle and Robin. And maybe after spending all day with them and finding out she's not on the website and and maybe seeing the way everyone, you know, Robin was looking and Giselle was looking and even a little bit of Ashley. Mm -hmm. She just was like, everything just got to her. Like, I don't know. I, I, and I could be totally wrong, but like you said, there was something to that. Like that it wasn't even just the outburst. Her whole mood didn't shift until later. She said, right. I wanted to be like, Karen, go back to your room. Right. You want to try this again? <laughs> like right. And maybe, hey, maybe let's give the prize to Karen. Maybe she is the dominatrix because she is dressed from head to toe. And maybe she's going to take something off. Right. <laughs> it's like, where is she going? <laughs> yeah, that I, I wish that they had asked her, like, what was going on? Because they made a big point to keep doing close-ups of her, like, yeah, like you said, rolling your eyes, like, looking like, ugh, I don't want to be here aggravated but there was really no explanation as to why that was and she was on that phone yep yep she was so they keep doing this eggplant thing and i was trying to remember did you watch do you watch dallas yes oh yes I remember did they show the dildo when brandy was chasing cam around i thought it was blurred out it was blurred out okay because I'm like, why are they not showing this one? Maybe this one was bigger, Kara. <laughs> Big eggplant emoji. It was so weird. Like, sometimes the editing to me gets like, like, okay, guys, we love the little wink at the audience, but the eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> the fact, it, was, it was the fact that they were like really getting into it, Candace and Ashley. Yes. And you could see the eggplants on the table. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like normal. It was so funny to me. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So they do some questions. Um, Ashley asks everybody, like, where's your favorite place to be touched? And Karen is like, my vagina. Yeah. I mean, just straight to the <laughs> point. It was like, okay, okay. <laughs> no chaser, no nothing. Hey. Just like, you want to oh, start? Kara. I literally just pulled up real quick the scene of uh, them chasing Cam. And actually, it's blurred, but not to the point where you could see it. They might as well, I mean, not to the point where you couldn't see it. They might as well have not blurred it because you could see everything. Right. It's like yeah. in the shade room post when they try to like cut out the curse words, but it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we the can word. see them. Right? <laughs> you can see the whole bottom half of the word. It doesn't matter <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my so yeah all the other women are like oh you know like I like my neck my nipples whatever and then Ashley asks when was the last time y'all gave head and okay basically like you know before I left or a couple weeks ago and Karen's like my mouth is retired oh my okay so I'm not <laughs> just saying this this is another one where I went back to 15 seconds on the phone like to watch I literally brought the phone out from 
the bathroom because I probably at this point was doing my hair because I could not get out of the bathroom because I was watching this. So I'm, and I literally, I had my robe on and I literally walked out and I said, Corey, can you watch? He was getting ready to go running. And I said, can you watch this scene? And we were laughing. And I, cause I said, who retires their mouth? <laughs> like we are now, we know you've retired your booty hole. You let us know that. Right. <laughs> In the beginning. You've retired your mouth, like, and before Giselle even said it in her confessional, I was like, did she think, like, that man, like, that man wants people to know that in two years, he yeah. hasn't been given a blowjob, but right. also, when she, um, there was something else she said, she said, my vagina, when she said my, uh, she retired her mouth, oh, when they were saying, when's the last time you gave a blowjob, me and Corey were cracking up laughing, because we were like, so here you have this pastor, even though it's his ex-wife, preaching no right. sex before marriage. And you, even though we knew what was going on, clearly, of course it's going on. Right. You literally, <laughs> I was like, the thought, that, now that right there would be something, it's like, I don't want to think about my pastor, my teacher, you know, like if it was in school and my teacher's was on the Real Housewives or whatever. Like, that's something I don't even want to think about. Like, that to me, I was like, I don't know why. I was okay with hearing, you know, like, Ashley and everybody else. But to me, I was like, that just seems weird. I don't know. And I think it's very interesting that Giselle, yeah, can sit up in a dominatrix outfit, leather, talk about giving head to the past. But, uh, (laughs) When we were having this conversation with Monique, she had a reputation to maintain and uphold. Yes. And yes. that was a good look for her as a first lady. Exa- oh, Kara, that is such a good point. Can't do this, but I, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, this doesn't bother me, but it's like, you're the one who said it. So where's exactly. the Exactly. Exactly. And because my, my thought was, if she had a said, uh, Jamal's been involved with Scandal in the past, so moving forward you know he he got this job at new birth because i remember he didn't get the job they didn't want him at first because of the scandal because their church had already had scandal so they were like we can't survive another scandal but so whatever work he did i don't know behind the scenes i guess that's what she was talking about when she told robin that however if you if she had said he was in scandal in the past we're trying to move forward, including you two, because she included herself. And like, we, like there are a couple, we can't be around scandal. Ma'am, your behavior, even if you never heard anything else about him, uh, your behavior on its own is also like, you have no right to be saying your reputation. You're cussing people out on, you know, like being messy as, as I don't know what, not acting First lady, like I would, I would give first lady to Karen before I gave it to Giselle. For real. So you know, <laughs> so it's like, like you said, you talking about giving blowjobs and all this, like, but yet you have a reputation to uphold. Okay. Right. I just want to know what you know. What is it? Where is it? How? But, is- and, like <laughs> you said, but how you said it doesn't bother me, but you said it. I feel like Giselle thinks that about everything she does in her own mind. Like, oh, this doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm saying it, but it doesn't bother me. So it's okay because she feels like it's okay. It does. It's no concern about, you know, anybody else. But right. I did think it was funny when she said to, uh, to Cand- uh, Ashley when they were setting up, can you wait to tell Candace until we play the games? 
Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, so Karen opens up a little bit, a lot bit, really, and reveals yes. her pillow fetish. <laughs> oh, now I was like, what kind of pillow? I almost went to Google. I'm not even gonna lie, that and that's not off the table going to Google. But I was like, wait. <laughs> Like, do you put something in a regular pillow, or is this a pillow that comes with a vibration? Right. She's got her favorite pillow. Is this a pillow that you keep when you make the bed? Is that pillow always (laughs) on? Is it part of the decor? Does it go under the bed or in the closet when you don't need it? Like, I just had a lot of questions. Um. Wait. How? How about there came her attitude almost again when. Wendy said, so you hump your pillow? <laughs> She's like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then she said, like, oh she God. say? It was like, uh, something about the pillow gets wet. She doesn't dry hump it, but at some point it's not dry. And it's like, okay. Oh, and Kara, <laughs> I just Googled it. I will be sending you a picture. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm confused. Okay. (laughs) Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh my gosh, that cracked me up. So then we get this montage of all the ladies dancing and grinding up on each other. And I, did you notice, one of these camera people must love Candace's ass because yes. but all episode long, they had the close-up shots. Um, hello, like who is this person? Because they are clearly stating their opinion like, about how they feel about Candace. Off the top, we got her from behind. We got a butt cheek from the side. I'm like, right. did we get it from the ceiling? Like we <laughs> saw her entire tail when she walked in. Like everything. I was like, wow. Okay. Twerking yeah. in that pink bathing suit at the oh, beginning. Oh, yes. <laughs> when she was singing about a wedgie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Girl, all the angles. Like, we get it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, so then Giselle asks everybody for kinky stories, and then they're like, Ashley. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, right. <laughs> <laughs> So then Ashley starts talking about another concert that she went to with Michael. 
they she found got her eyes on a woman the woman put her hand down her pants and i'm like wendy like i would have just thought who's this dirty hand right (laughs) and have you done that to anybody else before me before you made your way over to me right (laughs) how friendly is this hand been today (laughs) the hand bandit like get out of here with that (laughs) <laughs> Candace was like, "How often does this happen with them? What is going on at these EDM concerts?" Like, that was Mom- the best. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh God! Can you imagine being at like ugh, seeing Michael just oh. hop Molly at some David Guetta concert? Like, ugh, kill me. And 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 not right and him. In no way, shape, or form is it sexy in my mind to have Michael watching me and somebody else. He, he would scare me. Sir, no, what are you looking at? Like, oh, my gosh. I'm just trying to, I was trying to think, and I'm being so real. Like, okay, in my single days, I don't eat, I, I, again, I would be thinking, where did that hand come from? I don't, like, it just, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't even talk. I'm just like, I, when she said it, I was like, okay. Right. I mean, could y'all oh. have gotten, did a one night stand, maybe left for, you know, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, but I'm like Candace too. What is happening with these concerts? Because that wasn't the David Guetta concert. No. <laughs> and why is she saying like, oh, this is private. I want to, you know, I don't want to embarrass Michael. But it's like, right. okay, well, how many of those people at the concert saw you? With some of his hand down your pants. Right. And we already know that he's a creeper. You said he watched. So it's like, okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So Ashley decides to ruin everything by telling Candace finally. He asked her to write a statement. She did it because, quote, unquote, she was worried about what could happen to Monique. Wendy was like, okay, is this a character statement? Witness statement? Monique? And Giselle looks at Robin and is like, that was what you asked, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, uh, Ashley says, well, you know, we talked about what happened at Candace's house and at the reunion and what happened, you know, our back and forth online on Twitter and stuff. And it, Giselle's like, oh, it's questionable that Monique would ask you, Ashley, to do that when right. you weren't there for the fight. True. Yeah. And Candace tells Ashley, like, Monique and Chris have been talking cash shit about you guys. Ooh, I was like, okay. Yeah. And Monique is playing you. <laughs> I believe it, this. Do you believe it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe it, too. Now, did you believe in the end um, when she said, what was Monique saying about... Uh, Ashley and Michael and Chris recited it on demand. I was like, I believe that. I don't feel like that's rehearsed. He had that ready. Yes. Ready. Um, So then Robin says that she said that Ashley made a statement. She's like, well, Ashley, you told me earlier that you did this statement to get even. And everybody's like, what? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That right there. I was like, I'm so glad she said it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Ashley starts to say something and Wendy's like, that's some snake shit. And Ashley's like, what did you say? And she's like, no. She's like, you saw an opening to get back at Candace. Yep. And you used it. 
And then Candace says, you know, you, Ashley, were worried about a liar who couldn't handle her mouth. Like what I, she couldn't handle what I said to her. So she put her hands on me. Mm-mm-mm. And Ashley's like, again, it's like, you know, that's fine. However you want to take it. Like, I'm okay with that. Whatever. I, <laughs> I, I was. And then the way she slithered. <laughs> right. Out of there. I was like, what is going on? That was wild. Like, that made me so mad. That made me so mad. And the fact that Ashley would lie and say it wasn't revenge. So you're just calling it something different. Now right. we're even. That is revenge. Yeah. 100%. She, uh, ugh, that irked me. Now, I have a question for you because I, you're on Twitter as much as I am. And okay. are you seeing how much people are anti-Wendy? Yes. And... Do I feel like they're also anti Candace? I yes. saw kind of a lot of people who were um, pro Monique in the situation, yep. and like especially with with this scene in particular, and they were like Wendy's always putting her business, you know, putting her nose in people's business, blah blah blah. But I felt like Wendy was right, like she was totally right. She called Candace. I mean, she called Ashley in a lie. I mean, and Robin backed it up, you know. Yep. Like it, it was a. I, that's what I. I feel like that too, Kara. And I feel like they don't use the same rational lo- or or logic for Candace that they use for Monique. It's like okay, they 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 don't want to talk about things that happen off camera with Monique because it's off camera. But those same people have brought up things off camera with Candace, and then mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about old things that Monique has done throughout the seasons because we're talking about this season. And then I, cause I said to somebody, well, if we're talking about this season, what has Candace done to Monique this season? Because you guys keep bringing up the butter knife incident. So people are really, really aggressively against team Wendy. And I'm thinking, I'm like, she's on the show. And I remember hearing Candace in an interview saying that when it was her first season, they were at, I think it was when they were at Nima Colon, maybe. And there was an argument going on at the table. And she said, I had nothing to do with it. So I wasn't just going to get in there because she didn't want people like the audience or the cast member saying, you don't have any, you don't know anything about this because it was before her. And she said she got a text from the producer saying, find your way to get into it. Hmm. Like you need to do that. And I don't even think Wendy had to do that. It's not like Wendy just came out of nowhere. Wendy was right in what she said. And if we have a housewife that didn't engage, I feel like some of those same people that are saying, Wendy, you need to mind your business. But if she didn't engage, they would be saying, oh, she's boring. She needs to be off the show. She don't ever say anything. So it's like, at what point can we say, you know what? She's good for the show. Because I just find that there's such a hatred for Candace and and an equal disdain for Wendy that Mm -hmm. people are just so unwilling to see that they could possibly be right. And... I was listening to someone and then also talking to Stephanie from um, Mocha Minutes. And when she brought up colorism, I started like, oh, you know what? And then I was watching the YouTuber, uh, the Brooke Ashley, and she was like, I, I'm just going to say it. I haven't been wanting to say it, but I'm going to say it. To me, it seems 
like colorism and so many people in the comments were like, I was thinking that too. Like when uh, Ashley called Wendy ferocious and we know like, Ashley, you were that way with Robin and Juan in particular, ferocious. Mm -hmm. So yep. I'm, I was kind of like, huh, I didn't even, I didn't even look at it that way at first. I just looked at it like, wait, what's going on? Why is it so uneven? Because like you said, you're on Twitter a lot. So normally you can see a split, but it's like, man, people really hate Ken. And that was even before I think all the tweets came out and all of that stuff. Right. Yep. So I, I just, I, I don't What do you think it is? I mean, because I, I can't see anything else. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think people feel like Wendy is trying to, like she doesn't have a storyline if it's not being Team Candace. Okay. And I think that's a lot of it. That's really what I saw is that they don't want Wendy to be on the next season. They don't feel like she brings anything to this show. They think she goes way too hard for Candace without knowing the backstory and the histories behind things. And uh, I just don't really feel that strongly about it. And I also yeah. think, like, okay, if we're talking about after Wendy's get out the vote women's thing where she was mm -hmm. like going after Karen. It's like, okay. Yeah. That yes. A little extra, but this time I'm like, yeah, I mean, what would motivate Ashley to do that? It's not the overwhelming feeling of friendship that she feels for Monique. Like there's right. more. That. We're not, don't even play me with that. Like, right. <laughs> and you know what? I agree with what you said. If after the get out and vote event, I felt like Candace was handling that on her own. She was actually being logical. She wasn't screaming. Yeah. She wasn't. And she was trying to stop them from fighting, like from arguing. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree there. And then, of course, the misplaced thing with the baby and bringing the baby on the lake. Yeah, the only that thing I... That was really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I could be honest and say I'm guilty of... I felt like it was out of line, but because it was Ashley... I almost was like, whatever. The same way people don't like Candace. So they're like, well, Monique, because it was Candace, whatever. You know, she deserved it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I just feel the same with, with Dr. One. I want her to come back. Do you want her to come back? I'm fine with her coming back. I don't I don't feel anything. I, yeah, I'm neutral on Wendy, honestly. Yeah, I can. That That's what I should say. I take that. I'm, I'm the same. If she doesn't come back, oh, wow. And if she does, okay, great. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. And I would like to see her, now that she does have some history with these ladies, and maybe she is more understanding of where everybody's coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always nice to give people a second season, unless yes. they're particularly horrible. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking in my mind, like, rolling the Rolodex, like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then what happens after that? Okay, so then Ashley walks out. Karen says, you know, what Monique did was wrong. And I asked her to apologize. And Candace is, like, not trying to hear it. She says, you know, she's basically only saying what she does because she doesn't want her to go to jail. And Karen then says, you know, she kind of drops a bomb that I didn't like. She's like, you know, there are things that mm. not everybody knows but I can't say it now because it's legal. And I'm just always team like, 
don't give me crumbs. Like, if you can't say it, then just don't say anything. Like, don't say, oh, I know something, but I can't talk about it. Or I've got this secret, but I can't get into it. You know, just keep it cute or put it on mute, you know? Oh, Kara, I was like, why that to me? But yet you're neutral. That's not being neutral. Right. Right. For her to say what she revealed. So she's waiting for Candace to say that. I don't care if Candace never said it. The reason, and and then she used the wording that Candace used. And like, I guess, because she was like shading the wording. The reason there was any wine glass to be in Monique's face in the first place is because she grabbed Candace by the hair. I don't care how Candace phrased exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So Karen says in an interview, Monique showed me the statement that Candace made in which she said that she, Candace says she had a glass of wine in her right hand when Monique pulled her down onto the table. And then at that point, Candace says she released the glass onto her (laughs) I'm like okay (laughs) she wants to get caught up in the fact that she says she released the glass meaning she threw the glass at her she put it in a pretty bow fine but she only did that after Monique pulled her down onto the table so you know like like, who is going to have a natural fight or flight reaction to somebody grabbing your hair you're gonna do something. Something. She's lucky that Monique, I mean, that Candace didn't make a shift. I was thinking with that whole uh, glass thing about, and I'm sure you'll remember this, married to medicine, Mariah <laughs> and Heavenly, when Mariah <laughs> made that shift on the table. <laughs> that was one of the wildest things I've ever seen, where she was just like, what? Like, I'm gonna break this glass on the side of the chair? And they're like... You can't do that. She literally broke it. Like, but like nothing. But with that calm look on her face. Right. Like she does this every day. Yes. That to me, I was like, Dr. Heavenly. Oh my God. Dr. Heavenly, you need to let this break up because if y'all get physical, you know, Mariah is, (laughs) listen, I don't think she's no joke. Just leave it be. Please, this woman has made a shiv on national TV. Right. <laughs> in front of everybody. Everybody. <laughs> and and like you said, uh, the scary part was that she did it so calm. What? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> every time I think of Candace in that wine glass, I think of that. Like, Monique is lucky Candace did not make a shiv. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that to me didn't reveal anything. Me neither. Something that Candace needed to tell to admit to people like, okay, you already had, you know, (laughs) two bundles worth of hair in your fist, Monique. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Monique needs to be mad at the glue or the sewing or or the, or the the thread. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I thought that was, like, so weak on Karen's behalf. I think Karen was just wanting to believe whatever word jumble Monique must have said. Yes. It seemed like this was her fault, like it was Candace's fault, or or Candace could have any fault in it, and it wasn't working for me. It was not working for me. And you're absolutely right. Like, by putting that bomb out there of, like, 
oh, I know something that everybody else doesn't know, puts fault yeah. and blame onto Candace. And that's not yep. very fair. And it, it does. And it's like, okay, wow. And then you're, you're not only putting the blame on Candace, then you're making, like, I'm just waiting for her to tell the truth, like as if she's lying about mm-hmm. something. Oh, and remember when uh, Monique kept saying, I mean, when uh, Cand- Candace was like, this could hurt me, this would hurt me. And Ashley's trying to make it seem like, oh, it wouldn't hurt her. Mm-hmm. I just want to read this real quick. This is, I'm ready. Okay. I came ready, Kara. Um, <laughs> From the sun. Now, granted, part of me feels like, is it really true? Because it, it's it's about uh, Candace's case being thrown out. So this is from the sun. And of course, it's Monique's people giving the interview. And it says, speaking to, oh, uh, page six, speaking to page six in a statement, Monique's lawyer said, consistent with Dillard's prior bad acts, offensive words and conduct and her reputation for physical threats and verbal outbursts on the show through third party interviews and the review of other evidence, the government concluded not to move forward against my client, Mrs. Samuels. And while the government decided not to pursue my client's defensive claim against Candace, we are very satisfied that justice was done. I was like, is that the truth or isn't it in their contracts that they can't (laughs) sue each other? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was listening to another podcast about that because, yeah, after that, like, uh, Brandy versus uh, Joanna Krupa. Yeah. Smelly vagina lawsuit. <laughs> but I don't know if that carries over to, like, criminal cases. Oh, yes. Okay. It's that more of, like, different. a libel situation. Like, don't talk to me. I don't, I'm not sure. But, yeah, that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's I, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then they call Monique a pathological liar. Karen's like, you know what? I put my hands up and I release it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Karen, that almost gave me Ashley-like rage. I was like, here we go. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I've taken the situation and now it's just up to God and the universe, you know? Um that was so funny to me. So Robin then asked Candace, like, would you be open to talking to Monique if she came to you and was apologetic? And Candace was like, absolutely not. It is way too late for that. We're past that. I, she starts crying. She says, you know, I'm on anxiety meds for this. I wake up every day and I wonder like, what next is Monique going to say or do? And I'm going through it. I'm going through it. And Giselle's like, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead because I want to. I want to hear this, and then I because I have a question to ask you. Okay. <laughs> um. So then Giselle asks Karen, like, okay, given what Candace just said, and now she's crying, does that change your mind at all? Do you maybe understand why supporting Monique is a mistake? And Karen's like, I'm still neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't move me anyway. <laughs> Kara, I was literally almost wanting, like, in a full, full scream at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, okay. So when, um, oh, what? When, when she said, "I've given it, to, I've given up, and uh, I've given it to God." Oh wait, wait. Candace was saying, "Oh my God, it's gonna come back to me." When <laughs> you were saying how she said she was in a full, uh, she was on anxiety medicine. She told them how she felt, and then 
it's going to come back to me. If, and if not, okay. I'm going to DM her, guys. And I'm going to say, <laughs> please bring this up in the show. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. No. I can't believe it just went out of my head. Uh, don't you hate when that happens? Yes. I'm like, no, no. I really, it was really <laughs> profound. It probably wasn't, but really, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then Candace says in an interview, like, I've supported Karen more than anybody will ever know. Yes. And Karen is acting as if there's room for doubt in this situation. And yeah. it feels like a strategy. And, and I, I agree about yeah. that. Me too. What, what strategy and why? Yeah. Mm. I so heard th- someone say they think Karen has, Monique has something on Karen. I'm like, well, what would that be? But I guess we wouldn't know, which is why. But that seemed, I was like, okay. <clears throat> And and what did Candace, what has Candace been protecting? Right. When she said more than you'll ever know. What what's the story there? Mm. The yeah. ladies all go to their rooms and then the last scenes we see are like a she said, she said, Ashley calling Michael and Candace calling Chris. Yes. So they're both telling their husbands what happened. And the husbands are both clearly on their wives' sides. But also, they have issues with each other that I forgot about <laughs> the reunion, and that's going to come back. So, Michael says, you know, Candace is a liar when it comes to Ugh. saying Monique was talking shit about uh, Ashley and Michael. Candace is a liar, and how she brandished a knife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And that's criminal behavior. And, you know, Ashley, you could have done a lot worse to Candace, but you were like a sweetie angel. I, uh, (laughs) Kara, my rage level was on 10 again. Right. That was such victim shit. Like, she didn't, I mean, what does brandishing a knife really mean? Right. She didn't see you in an alley and pull out a switchblade. She had a butter knife. She dropped it. She didn't even throw it at Ashley. Right. Dropped it from her hands. It was on the floor. The, no, she was not going to stab it. Nobody's going to stab anybody with a butter knife. Right. Okay. And to me, Ashley, you weren't that worried about, I mean, because no. I think, was it before that she left and came back twice? And You're lucky left. that's all you got. And can't, exactly. You chose to come back into the house. <laughs> right like and then she watched a butter knife fall and threat like, like, I, I was like people in this butter knife I heard somebody say she pulled a knife out on Ashley and I said where are you from like where, where did you grow up like <laughs> in no way did she pull a knife on her again I and I feel we and Ashley it started out because they were once again just it was Giselle because Giselle wanted Candace and Robin to tell Ashley what they heard about Mike, what Michael said. Mm-hmm. And then I forget how I got turned around with them, with Candace and Ashley. And now I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the whole thing. But the fact that uh, Candace's mom paying for things, I think she came in open, like, guys, I'm just being open. This is my life. And then when she saw that they were going to make fun of it and treat her like a little girl, it, like her plan kind of like, I hate to say backfired, but her being open was like, no, no, you don't need to be telling all these people. Because Karen did tell her, don't tell these women your bit, like, don't tell them your bit. You don't have to answer them. But Ashley knew that was a trigger for Candace. So she was like, we're in your mama's house. Don't hurt your mama's table. And it's like, 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we're in your hubby's house. How about that? Like if I, okay. if if, if uh, Candace did that at her house, could she say, "We're in your your husband's house, so I don't have to leave"? Like, no. Come on. In what world? Right. Yep. You're totally right. You're totally right. Then we get Candace talking to Chris. And she tells him about Ashley's statement. He's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and this right. is like, she asks Chris, like, when we were at Monique's house, what did they say about Ashley? And he was like, oh, she said, I don't forgive that hoe <laughs> or, or her husband. Like, he was ready. He had the, the black scent down, the whole thing. <laughs> right. Like, he, he did. did. He did. <laughs> he did. He Candace calls Ashley a snake and she says, you know, even though I knew she was a snake, I held out hope that we would eventually get to a good place with each other. We'd be able to work it out. Yep. And she's like, I don't understand why Karen would take her side on this. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I really don't either because Karen knows how Ashley has been to her. You know, like, uh, I just, I don't get it either. I really don't. Like, it's one thing, okay, you're saying Monique is your friend, but Karen didn't even call out Ashley, did she? Like, when they were talking about all this, Karen never said a word. No. No. I, I don't get it. The only thing she said was, like, after she said it, she was like, oh, well, this needed to be said. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was it. I was I was like, what is going on? That's right. She did. Yeah, well, this needed to be said. Yeah, that's, oh, my God. I, I don't know. And I'm wondering now, like, okay, was Karen hanging out? With, was Karen drunk and said uh, more things other than her not wanting Ray's penis, like, around Candace at some point for Candace to say, I'm protecting more than, you know, people will ever know? Mm-hmm. Like, what? something happened. Something happened. Mm. Um. Wow, this was very cathartic to talk about. Yeah, it was, and I love talking to you, Kara, because and listening to you because I will. There's some people that I listen to, and just when I'm like one thousand percent no, I'm thinking right. That was wrong. You, the way your the way you say something, you'll go. And I'm like, like I said, it's coming, it's coming. What she's gonna <laughs> say something, and I'm gonna re, I'm gonna think about it. Because you were talking about this uh, fight before one with, I think it was Bonnie one time. And some of the things you said, I was like, all right, Kara, I'm willing to look at it your way. Like, I'm saying it to you, even though you didn't, <laughs> you didn't hear it. But it's, I think it's hard when, like you said, I'll go back and look at old seasons. And I'm like, well, wait, what has changed that we, the viewers, don't know? Like, the whole reason Ashley being upset with Candace was because, and I found... I wasn't as upset of, of with Candace um, when she was talking about the pregnancy to a point. Now, when she was accusing Michael of being, you know, not crying, I felt like that was something, if you really felt that way, I don't feel like you should have really said that, like, because yeah. you don't know. Everybody handles grief differently. But Ashley is telling you, hey, think about getting, I want to get pregnant again, and I need to stop drinking. And then she picks up a Corona. So my friend told me, if my friend had went through a miscarriage or something and she said, I'm not supposed to eat, you know, hot peppers, they do something. And then she starts eating hot peppers. I'm going to say, hey, what are we doing here? You know, 
Now, maybe I would say it a little differently than Candace, but I'm, and they were telling Candace, you should have mind your business. It didn't involve you, but seasons back when Ashley was going after Karen and Karen ended up sending her a cease and desist, Karen told Ashley, you know, Ray, um, Michael should have stayed in because they were talking about the pullout. Michael should have stayed in <laughs> longer so you can make a baby and then said, if it's brought up on the show, it's fair to talk about. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I'm like, well, what what has changed the game? Like what has changed in in all of this? I need to know. <laughs> I oh, I I was so excited to dissect this episode with you because I was literally raging watching it, Kara, and I could not wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Okay, guys. Again, I'm thanking Kara again. Thank you, uh, listeners. You can find me at I'm on Instagram at WeGo Podcast. W E I G O P O D C A S T which is the acronym for what else is going on. So at we go podcast on Instagram at T as in Tom S like Sam F A I S O N on Twitter. And to find the podcast, it's available on all podcast platforms. Um, if you do go to Instagram and click on my, the link in my bio, if you have an Apple phone, it will take you directly to the Apple platform where you listen to podcasts. If you have an Android phone or any other phone, and you click on the link, it takes you to the platforms to which you can listen to the podcast that's suitable, you know, for your phone. Perfect. Well, everybody, go check the podcast out. It is great, great fun. You have great guests. Thank you, Kara. Yeah. And Kara was a guest. Everyone loved her. And again, yeah. I made such a big deal about her voice. I felt like, oh my God, did I go overboard? I'm like, I love yeah. your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you again for doing this. This was a real treat. Thank you. I am so excited. And uh, guys, you know, I'm going to be all in Kara's DMs. Like, please come back on what else is going on. And thank you. <laughs> all right. I look, I will be literally be hitting you in the DMs like within 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl, you have a great day. <laughs> you too. Thank you, Kara.